Hello and welcome back to the Third Millennium Church Podcast. I'll be your host. My name is Garrett and with me today is George Holloway. Is that right? That's right. And yes. uh, yeah, hey, th- thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Josh is not with us here today because uh, about an hour and a half ago, he said his church auditorium was flooding, so he couldn't yeah. be with us. And crazy. Uh, you're from Texas, so you get an inch of rain every week. But yeah. <laughs> we got an inch of rain and things started flowing down the street and buildings started flooding. So we're not quite used to this. That's crazy. So we had uh, George on the show today. Uh, George is a, a pastor uh, doing a church plant, but he's really active uh, on Instagram. Uh, I would say you're kind of a content developer and content creator. Uh, you've been at this uh, online church stuff for a while now. So we just wanted to talk about uh, the future of the church and where you think it's headed. Uh, give us a little introduction about some of the some of the things that you're doing and how you got started in uh, kind of like online ministry. Yeah, yeah. So um, like you said, I am planting a church in the Northwest Houston area right now. Um, my background, though, is in online ministry. I spent the last three years as an online pastor at a, a relatively large uh, church in the Houston area. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, it's quite the quite the ministry experience to do most of your ministry um, on the internet. That was just absolutely um, a fascinating. Yeah, is it as cool as it yeah. sounds? Is it as cool as it sounds? You know, it is. It, it's it's. Um, I guess it depends on on uh, on how cool it sounds to you. An uh, online pastor. What do you, and when you say that to people, I'm sure they have so many ideas, especially those who aren't even in ministry, right? Yeah, well, the the look the look that I get most of the time whenever I say that is this like taken aback look of like, wait, what, did he just say what I thought? <laughs> yeah, he is that said? a real job? What you can't put those two words together. Right, right. Um, I, I would say that that it was incredibly exciting um, to see the reach that the gospel can have and the work that, that God did through the internet. I mean, we saw, uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, this guy named Booba. Hmm. He's from the Gambia of West Africa. Cool. And, uh, he reached out to me on Instagram and, uh, wanted to know more about Jesus, heard about him in a movie and decided he needed to learn more about him. And, uh, I, uh, just talked with him and he ended up coming to know Jesus and in, in my Instagram DMs and uh, he didn't, so cool. there's no pastors, no churches there, nobody to baptize him. So I walked him through baptism and he poured the water and I said the stuff while he, and so wow. what I didn't know was that half of the back and forth we were having was because um, he was translating everything I was telling him for his six sisters and they were all Muslim. They're a Muslim family. Mm-hmm. Gambia is a very Muslim country. And all six of his sisters came to know Jesus as well. And he baptized them the next day as oh well. My gosh. Just incredible. Yeah, just tell that story and then people will get it. Right? Wow. Yeah, like, wow, that's so cool. I love that story because it just shows the power of the internet to go into places that missionaries can't get to. You can't hardly get into Gambia with a Bible without the Bible being burned or thrown away. And it's yeah, just, yeah. you just can't. Yeah. So that that's really cool. Um, the, 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 the part that I think... Um, I underestimated. Um, so if we're just being honest about what it's like, yeah, 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 um, is the um, two things. One, uh, the the tendency to I'll put it this way: the e- how easy it is to become isolated um, because you're you're doing all of your ministry through a keyboard, through a computer screen, um, and positioning yourself in the the, the church's structure 
you're kind of an oddball. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really fit in, in any bucket very neatly. And so you end up doing a whole lot of work with everyone in the church, but also doing a whole lot of that by yourself. And the ministry that you're doing isn't super tangible. It's all through the internet. And so you can, you can start to feel kind of alone at times, but you just have to be intentional to combat that. That's why I'm thankful for groups, uh, the Facebook groups, like what you guys have. Yeah. Uh, that stuff's incredibly helpful. And then two, the other thing I underestimated was, uh, the pushback that I would get from people who don't understand it. Okay. People um, in ministry or just friends and family? Yeah. Or? Mostly people in ministry. Okay. Um, Explain. Pastors who, who are afraid of what uh, an online church would right, do. They, right. they, they think that, well, if there's an online church, then people will just be lazy, stay home and never go to my church. Right. Right. And, um, breaking through that is actually really easy to do, you know, tell a story like I just told about, yeah. you know, Booba and Gambia and like, that's really compelling. But the, the people who aren't willing to listen to that is actually, um, there's a lot of people <laughs> yeah, yeah. who are just like, I don't care what you say. I'm against it. And, uh, you just have to learn to block it out. If you, you know, if you feed the positive and starve the negative, then the positive is what grows. Um, overall, it's an incredibly exciting ministry, very fulfilling. Most people, majority of people are on board with it and love it. But there are those few that are just a pain in the butt. Yeah, it's so <laughs> new, right? I mean, it's, can you imagine explaining to traditional pastors who, who they're still not even sold on? I mean, not that social media is the greatest thing that's ever happened, but they're not even sure of how social media ministry would work at their church, let alone hiring an online pastor to work at their church, to reach their local community through what's heralded as, you know, this global tool, you know, they're like, yeah. why, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I just go door to door or why wouldn't I just, you know, meet people at the coffee shop? You know, why do I need to use the internet? Uh, I think they would be a little bit. So how would you explain that? So that's the question I have is online okay. campus ministry at a, lo- a local church. How much of your job is, is somebody in Gambia, versus somebody a mile from the church and how do you uh, balance those two so that or i mean is that the mission field of the church is both local and global or what yeah so it is both a local and global ministry um which is different than most ministries in most churches you have your foreign missions and then you have your local missions yeah you know they tend to be kind of in their own buckets and church online just goes in and blows that whole thing up um where I found myself spending most of my time was actually with people in our area, um, going to visit someone in the hospital, uh, because I'm their pastor Hmm. while they're in the hospital waiting for six months for a heart transplant. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm their, I'm their pastor as soon as they get too old to go to church, Hmm. um, or their son moves away and he can't drive them to church anymore. Right. And so a lot of my ministry was to, um, to those people. And, um, I would say maybe half, uh, the, the other half were people who were, who were further away. Some of those were people who went to our church, um, and then moved Yeah, where, uh, they just didn't have a great place to sink their roots in at a new church there. And so, um, they kept being connected until they found a place there. Yeah, uh, a cool. lot of my, a lot of my job was, was that as well. Um, and then what was, what was really interesting to see is, the people in the in the community um, who would be looking for a church, they'd mm-hmm. come across church online and get to try it before they buy into it. We live in a try before you buy culture. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When's the last time you bought a cell phone or a computer without watching a YouTube video about it? Right, yeah, or, or like fifty. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it allows you to try the product before you buy it. 
Right. And Church Online is a similar thing where it allows people to try church before they buy into it by actually going on on campus. Yeah, I mean that's crazy because I mean you're really charged with doing doing everything from from guests from welcoming guests to following up with guests obviously to see if they want to come to the physical building or or continue to participate online and then once they're part of the church you're doing discipleship ministry you're doing hospital visits you're doing uh, probably you know some kind of group formation you know group ministry you I mean you're really doing doing it all uh, or tr- traditionally as churches have grown we, we've we've kind of sectioned off each thing like you said and put them in buckets and then put one pastor over each thing so churches right. probably think I'm gonna put one pastor over online ministry but that pastor has to do all of those things again but online yep yeah is that difficult to kind of manage all of those ex- expectations or lack of because they don't even know what your job description is uh, very very much yeah um, that that was actually one of the bigger challenges uh, during during my time uh, with with that church uh, was was managing where my attention goes yeah. and how much that that requires. Uh, one of the the constant tensions that I had with with my leadership, and I've talked with other online pastors, they've had the same experience. Um, was you know being anyone who's willing to be an online pastor is somewhat future thinking. Yeah. To some extent. And, and, and you're a vision caster, right? Um, that's very much who I am. So I would cast this vision. And they're like, yes, we want you to do that. And as soon as you cast that vision and they buy into it, then there's no other option. You have to do it. That's part of your job now. Um, and then it's, okay, but, but that takes more time. And, and, and I, 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 something's got to give in order for me to be able to do that. I need help in some way, whatever, right? And, and that just didn't compute. It was like, yeah. I don't understand. Like everybody else can handle their department. Like what's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so like it was, it, it yeah. Um, but that's you know with yeah. with anything that that's a digital, uh, a digital medium. There are ways to maximize your time in ways that you couldn't in any other kind of department. And so it did. Uh, you know, I think um, Brady Shearer has this uh, this video. Uh, that he released maybe over a year ago, maybe two years ago. That was like basically, I think the title of it was four X your ministry capacity through Facebook messenger. Um, (laughs) and it's true. (laughs) Like you, you really can, like I was able to, so instead of driving to the hospital to visit people every time, um, I would cut an hour out of my day by, by having a Skype conversation with them, um, for three, you know, two out of the three times that I would, I would meet with them. I would just call them up on Skype. Absolutely. Um, and so technology allows you to, to multiply your time, multiply your efforts. So yeah. while there is that tension, it's also the solution to the tension at the same time. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I experienced very similar things doing kind of like uh, digital ministry kind of marketing stuff. Uh, the church that I'm at now, you know, I remember, you know, they want me to come on and do all this marketing and advertising and, and I look at our marketing budget and it's one half of 1% of like the budget, you know, where a company might have easily 25, 30%. And, and, and then a local nonprofit will have marketing budget as 10%. But asking for tens of thousands of dollars to do marketing, they were like, well, that's why we hired you. And it's like, well, you hired me to use the tools, but to use the tools is not always going to cost money, but uh, using the tools requires uh, additional foresight and thought and planning and possibly ministry resources and um, it's it's real practical um, problems and plans that we're trying to put in place. And uh, it's not just uh, one person doing it by themselves uh, in a room that accomplishes ministry. Sometimes it's 
its goals and lots of different aspects to it. Yeah, for sure. So tell for me sure. a little bit about, uh, if you don't mind, uh, kind of this transition to to church planning and uh, it, it, how does uh, kind of your online ministry experience translate and what, what is your hope and dream kind of for the church you want to plant? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, there were a couple of things that led to now going to plant a church after starting an online church. Um, the, the, the biggest being just a stirring in my soul, realizing that God was calling me to something different. Um, he doesn't do that for everyone. He did for me. But the skills needed in online ministry are very, very, very similar. Um, in fact, I'd say they're just about identical to what you need to be a church leader today. Right. Um, be, especially as a church planter. As a church planter, you are the whole staff. Um, you are the marketer. You are the outreach guy. Right. You are the everything, right? Um, and so knowing how to use digital media to, um, to grow your church is critical yeah. for starting a church today. Um, some of my my pastor friends who are um, starting their churches, that's where they struggle the most. Right. Um, they're, they're great at the other side. They're great at being pastors. But as far as um, the marketing side mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. church, which some people don't like marketing. If you don't like that word, let's use outreach. As far as the digital outreach side of things, right. um, they're, they're not as good at, at that. Um, and and that, that's a real pressure point for them in their ministry where they're like, they can't wait till they have enough money to hire somebody to do that for them. And so right. that is going to be, and already has been a huge help in this process so far. Um, but, but this, even beyond that, just the skills of ministry, one of the things there's a guy, Jim, um, at a, a pastor in Texas, at a, at a church in Texas, he's a volunteer online pastor is, hmm. is what I'm going to call him. Um, I, I, he's not ordained as far as I know. Um, and he's, he's not paid by, by his church. Uh, but he just took it upon himself to help his church with their online ministry mm-hmm. and has found himself performing pastoral care for people, counseling, um, uh, meeting people and encouraging people in their time of need like a pastor would. And he never expected needing to do that. Right. Um, and that, that's something that I saw to be true in my ministry as well was constantly the, the bulk of my time wasn't in the technical setup of streaming. It wasn't in the strategizing and strategic and, and like future thinking. It was, it was in actually getting into the life of someone and praying with them and encouraging them with scripture and um, leading a Bible study, mm. getting groups started, right? Very pastoral activities that I think, unless you've been in it, you don't really realize that's something that is required of an online pastor. Um, right. But you are, you're pastoring a flock, you're pastoring a congregation, and they need the same things as the people in the church because they're people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're real people. Uh, James Eaton, uh, a, a friend of mine who's also a, an online pastor, he puts it this way. He says that that pixels are people. Yeah, yeah. And and I love that because like it's that. true. We can tend to we can tend to forget that those pixels on the screen, that avatar, that's a real person, and they have real needs from a pastor, just like someone sitting in a pew in your church does. Um, so the 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 skills needed to do that are is very similar to pastoring a church. 
Yeah, and, and, and one of the things that's important about uh, online ministry or just uh, people who build followings is that you're really just community building, right? Like you're building the mm-hmm. community. And um, I've always thought that, at least in the past few years, that if you're going to plan a church, you should start with community building. And the way that happens today for most people is is online. I mean, l- look at influencers and, and, and YouTubers and internet, quote unquote, internet celebrities. Uh, they have a community of people. And they got that community of people by uh, through their messaging, through their content, through the consistency of showing um, interest in that community, dialoguing with that community, you know, responding to comments. And um, gosh, it was about two years ago. I said, man, if if I was going to start a church today, or if anyone was going to start a church today, maybe they should start with like a vlog, you know, like of the journey, or some kind of community podcast, or or some online outreach, like you said, that some outreach method that just slowly builds community um, the way that it happens in 2018 or 2019, 2020. Uh, the difficulty might be the geography, but if you're open to planting a church, meaning possibly a hybrid of, of both in-person and online, then yeah, I guess you would start building a church by building a community using some of the digital media tools. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I think, yeah. I think a pastor is going to build a community. It's the same, like you said, it's the same thing. You're going to show care and love. You're going to pray with them. You're going to disciple them. And it might be through the internet. It might be in person, but it's still uh, building up people and building a community that they can come together and worship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's actually been, um, that, that's something that I think is crucial for anyone who wants to lead or start anything today. Um you just, I mentioned it a little bit already. Like if you're going to start a church today, you have to know how to use the internet Hmm. to reach people because that that's where people are. That's where the attention is. And ultimately um, God wants our attention. And if we can use social media to direct people's attention to Jesus, um, then, then, then we're, we're fulfilling what God wants us to be uh, by being his hands and feet. So what is a great place to start? Like uh, if, Let's say someone's listening and uh, they kind of feel like that they're they're, minister, they're pastoring a church or they're charged by ministry and they feel like they're kind of passively using social media and, and they're not sure if it's building community. They know that it's announcing events and they know that it's probably promoting some of the, the past events with photos. But how do we use it in a way that can build community and engage a community? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, let's see. I, there, there, there's three principles that I use when it comes to how to approach social anything as a church, not just social media. Uh, when, when it comes to how to approach any sort of medium um, in in the culture, uh, the first principle is the principle of uh, proliferation um, or multiplication, uh, which is comes from Matthew 25 with the parable of the talents. You have the the, the two servants that were given talents and they, they multiplied with the, what their master had, right, had right. given them. Right. They invested it and it proliferated. And then there was the one who, who didn't, he buried it and, um, and uh, then just returned it. And the master was like, you know, you wicked servant depart from me. Right. Yeah. He was and, mad, and, man. He was angry. Yeah. He was really angry. And I think often, and I, I dislike our tendency to do this. Um, most often when I hear this parable preached or taught, the focus immediately goes to the wicked servant. And the point of the sermon or, or Bible study is don't be the bad one. Right. When I think Jesus's point in sharing that was not to not be the bad one, but to be the good one. Mm-hmm. And, and if we learn from the ones who did well, then I think um, 
what we find ourselves asking is, where can we invest most effectively? Mm-hmm. And and so the, the the whole scenario of that story is just, it's amazing when it comes to the church because you have the master who goes away for a time, leaves his work to his servants to carry on on his behalf while he's gone. Then he comes back to see see what they did. Um, and that's exactly what Jesus has, has done for us. He was doing his work on the earth. He went away for a time. He's entrusted us with that ministry, mm-hmm. with the things that, that he was doing. And he's going to come back. And we'll have to give an account for whether we let what he, what, <clears throat> what he provided proliferate or if we let it stagnate. And we, we've just... We, to take the things that God has given us, our time, our talent, and our treasure, uh, to take those things and make them proliferate, we have to ask, where can we invest it the most effectively? Um, where can we make it multiply? To proliferate um, means to, to, to spread rapidly or even excessively. And I love that definition uh, because we want excessive proliferation of the gospel. Right. Um, and that's, that's talking about like a virality of the gospel. And there's no platform in the world that makes virality more possible than the internet. Right. Um, so the principle of proliferation, then the principle of presence. Um, when, when you start to think about, okay, how can I use social media for my church as a pastor? Uh, I think one of the most important things is to think of it as a way to be present with your people. Um, in Psalm 46, uh, it says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Mm-hmm. And and then um, when Jesus comes into the world, he becomes even more present. In fact, his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then when he leaves, he passes that job of being with people onto us with the Great Commission by saying, go into the world, be with people, and make disciples. And James, James chapter 1 puts it this way. He says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. Good religion, religion that God loves, looks like this visiting orphans and widows in their affliction. That's being present in a time of need for people. Mm -hmm. So we're called to carry on the ministry of presence into the world as the body of Christ in the same way that he did by using the mediums that were available to him in the most effective ways possible so that the gospel can proliferate and multiply. And then finally, the principle of practice. And this is just like when you actually, when the rubber meets the road um, and, and, and you realize, okay, yeah, there's the, the, the two like conceptual principles, you know, the principle of proliferation and the principle of presence and like, that's great. But when the rubber meets the road and you make that post and nobody likes it right. and nobody comments and nobody shares, <clears throat> I think that there's still a disconnect for us oftentimes with social media. With every ministry area of the church, we realize it needs practice. Right. I mean, your worship team gets together and practices before they play. If they don't, they should. Um, <laughs> you practice your sermon or at least write it out and prepare for it ahead of time and, and, and consider how you could have done better afterward and then try to improve on the next one you're practicing. You practice service, right? All these things... You, you're not going to have a killer social media ministry right out of the gate. You've got to practice. Right. And then beyond that, like, I just, I, what I, to answer your question in a sentence, how could someone get started? Um, and it, it just like a, you know, what's a, a simple way for someone to, to jump into it? Um, I, I would say be present, be engaging, and be social. Yeah. 
Be present, be engaging, and be social. Be present every day. If you need to use scheduling tools, do that. But be, be there every day. Be engaging. So don't leave any comment or message unanswered. Right. Answer every, all of them. And yeah, you say, we well, that will take this. too much. Uh, right. Uh, but but it's so many people say, well, that'll take too much time. That's way too much work. I need a, a full-time staff person for that. No, you don't. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk has 4.5 million followers on Instagram and replies to every message and comment himself and runs like four or five million dollar companies. Yeah, that's crazy. If he can do it, so can you. Yeah. So be engaged and then be, be social. Share about the life of your church. Add value. Stop asking. Stop promoting your events just entirely yeah. until you can figure out how to add value. Because I think people get afraid of social media. Um, like it doesn't work, quote unquote, doesn't work. Right. Um, because they're trying to use it to get people to give to their church rather than using it as a way for their church to give to people. Right. Yeah, and I'm not right. just talking about like monetary giving, like come to our event. That's what you're asking them to give to your church by showing up. Yeah. And instead, if we would give to people and add value, then it will work every time. I don't care who you are. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing uh, really from the kind of from the trenches of what social media is all about, you know, practice and presence. Like if, if I had a, a ministry or pastor who's nervous about what they should post on social media, I would just say, well, don't worry about it. Dude, don't worry about posting for like months. Just go in there and engage people. I mean, they're posting, right? So your your members are posting, community leaders are posting, nonprofits in your area are posting. If, if, if you just started with like, I don't know, commenting on 10 posts a day, thoughtful comments where you ask questions, you ask leading questions, uh, you would be practicing presence. They would, they would know yeah. you as someone who just cares. Um, you don't even have to worry about what to post. Just engage people, thank them when they, when they share things. Um, just like you would if they were uh, in a small group and they shared something uh, meaningful. First of all, you'd probably ask questions like, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Or you'd say, thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate that. that this is how that affected me. That's not, I mean, it's, it's, it is social media posting, but that's not coming up with a super creative content that's, that's no. hyper engaging and it's asking the right question and that leads to a link that they can swipe up to and give to the church. Instead, it's just being a real person uh, behind the pixel that you say and just, just engaging. And that's, it, you and I know that that's not easy. It is a lot of work, but it's not, it's really not that hard. You don't have to be hyper creative. You just have to, to go in there and respond with, with kindness to the people who are already posting and that's going to build community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So, uh, let me just end with this. Tell me a little bit about, uh, where you think the future of the church is today. That could be a ministry that's crushing it. That could be a business that could be a movie. I don't know. I mean, where do you think, uh, are some indicators of the future of where the church is going? Yeah. So I think, I think that where we're going to see the church going, um, we started seeing it happen already. I think we'll see it even more in 2019, even more in 2020, is that we'll start to value connection over content. Mm -hmm. um, you touched on that um, in what you were just saying about commenting on posts more than coming up with content. Um, it's creating connection more than creating content. Mm. Uh, for so long with, with media, we've said that content is king. Right. But the truth is now connection is king. Mm. I don't care if you have the best content in the world. If you're not connecting with people. I like that. I'm, um, I'm writing that down because a couple of years ago, I wrote an article of content about content being king. But I'm going to steal that. Connection is king. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, 
I think that's why we're going to start seeing more small churches being people's pr- preference rather than big churches mm. because they want to they want a connection with their pastor. They want their pastor to know what they're going through. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll 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 see the mega church die, not by any means, because um, that has its place in there. People that, that that need that. In fact, if I were to pick a church, I would still probably choose a mega church yeah, yeah, for yeah. myself to attend. But at the end of the day, we value connection much more than we value content. And when we make that shift, what we're going to see is we'll see the focus of the church shift from from Sunday uh, to to the rest of the week, to service of people, being present, as Brady Shearer says, in the other 147 hours of the week outside of the Sunday service. Yeah. Um, it'll it'll shift from the you know having the better produced concert of worship and it is a concert of worship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people don't like that word, but that's what it is. Um, I love it. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> that's what it is. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. We should have a concert of worship. Yeah. Um, it's the concert of the ages, right? Um, but it'll shift from that to community as the main focus. Um, we're, we're, I don't think we're going to lose uh, the concert of worship, uh, but I think we'll 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 start to dial into, into community better and we'll start being more social on media instead of using it as a billboard. Right. Um, actually using it to be social and then focusing on depth over scale. And there's a few a few places that I see doing this really well today. Uh, one outside of the church, I mentioned him already, is Gary V. Gary mm-hmm. Vaynerchuk. Um, love what he puts out there. Swears a lot, but um, he's uh, yeah, smart he's guy. got some incredibly smart guy. Yeah. And he does, he does what I was saying. He, he values connection. Uh, more than he values content. Um, he, he puts out so much content, but behind all of it is is creating connection with people and putting out a message of hope that connects um, with people on a, on a personal level. And uh, if you comment on one of his photos, he's going to reply to your comment. Yeah. He will. That's awesome. Just try it. Go comment. He'll reply. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, so I think he's doing a really good job of that. Um, I think another place that I've seen do um, do a good job is uh, North Point with uh-huh. Andy Stanley. Uh, Dave Adamson does a really good job of that. He calls it omni-channel rather than multi-channel, mm-hmm. um, where very often as churches, we're like, where can we put out all of our content? Let's just put it out everywhere we can. Yeah, Let's put it yeah. on the TV, the internet, the radio, everywhere we can. Yeah. This one sermon we're going to put out to 11 different places, even if it has no right. views, just as long as it's on there. Somebody might see it someday. Right, right. And it's, it's putting stuff out there in as many different channels as we can, rather than going, where are people? Let's meet them there. Um, and every channel is a valid way of connecting to us. Mm-hmm. Um, where with, with multi-channel, uh, and, and, and Dave, if you happen to listen to this, I'm sorry for totally stealing your stuff, but it's great. I love it. I think you say it really well. The In, in, in multi-channel, um, you're... You're putting content out there to try to pull people to the one channel that you think really matters. Hmm. Um, you put something on YouTube, and then like at the end, you're like, "Hey, if you enjoyed this message, um, you should come and join us in person, right? Because that's that's where the real stuff is, right? Rather than doing that, going, "Hey, I'm so glad you watched this today. We're glad to have you be part of our church family." Yeah, like at the end of this podcast, I'm gonna say, "Make sure you join us at our Facebook group because that's where the dialogue's happening." That's where the value is. I mean, I think the show has value, but I think I love connecting with people. So you're going to hear this in a few minutes. I'm going to mention the Facebook group. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think we should. I think we, we should try to cross-pollinate people. And, th- and there's a difference between that and so valuing the phys- the, 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 the Sunday morning gathering right. to where it's it's disproportional. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think North Point does a great job of that. Um, Life Church, of course, does, does a fantastic job as well. Um, but the... <sighs> 
I, I hesitate to even bring up uh, churches of that size because yeah. I know that most people listening to that are probably not at a church that big. Right. And they're um, thinking, well, of course, of course they're going to do it the best because right. they, they have the most resources or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there is um, this thing happening on Instagram that I think is a great example of where I'd like to see the church go. Mm-hmm. Um, the church isn't really going there as a whole. And so you have individuals doing it instead. Um, you have individuals, um, what, what I'm about to, to describe, you have these millennials that are taking, they're going, the church isn't doing this, somebody's got to, so we're going to do it ourselves. They're not trained in ministry, they have no theological education, but they're, they're, they're teaching the word on social media. And it's this, this crop of, of um, Instagram accounts and Instagrammers that are using their influence for the sake of the gospel. Some of them a little bit more uh, conservatively, uh, where they're not as vocal about it, like coffee is from the Lord, that account. Yeah. Okay. Um, lo- love that account. I haven't followed it, but and I'm going to. Most of the time coffee is from the Lord, just post pictures of coffee and it's just interesting conversation. Yeah. But every few posts, he puts a Bible verse in there and maybe puts a little bit of commentary on it. Um, then there's another account that posts similar looking content, but takes it a different direction. And that's coffee, uh, coffee with my father. Okay. And coffee, coffee with my father, love his page. He posts a devotional every day. So okay. he literally sits down and every day takes a scripture verse and writes a devotional for encouragement so that he's able to be the teaching of the word to people every single day of the week. You've got people like um, the Timeline Preacher, which is an amazing username, by the way. I wish I had it. Uh, <laughs> who, are, who are putting stuff out on social media. He's, he's got like a weekly Bible study on Instagram live. And... Um, I think he actually is ministry trained, but the point is there, there are the, the, these Instagram accounts. Um, and I found them because I started doing that. I started posting devotionals every day. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're not trained ministry people. They're lay leaders. Right. They're, they're, they're people from the church who said, my church isn't doing this. I don't see other people doing it. So I'm going to start Bible bite is another one of my favorites. Bible bite does a great job. And he posts a picture of his Bible with the verse that he's reading and then puts his thoughts on it yeah. and posts it. Yeah. It's like and preaching, but thousands, I mean, it's yeah, thousands of people follow these accounts, which just shows like how much of a need there is for that. And I, I desperately want to see our churches start to do things like that. Empower their members to write devotionals if the pastor can't do it every day, right. if the communications person can't do it every day. If you've, if you've got a multi-person staff, ask each member of your staff to write a devotional once a week yeah. for you know anyone who's you know willing to do that. And just get creative with it and, and look to people who... Um, are, are making a difference for the kingdom, but aren't necessarily church people. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot we can learn from them. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm George, I, I don't know if you know that. I'm huge on that. I, I wrote an article, uh, three ways to create more content than you can than you can consume. Because I feel like everyone needs to not only keep track of their consumption of social media, but be empowered to, to not just be creative, but to create ministry, to create community, to create connections with people. Um, and I've taught to people and there's, there's reasons why we don't, you know, we're shy, we're afraid we're going to be judged, you know? Um, but look at the potential thousands of people, um, hearing from the Bible or, you know, maybe even thousands of people for all we know every day coming to know the Lord, because somebody is willing to post, um, 
authentic Christian content on their social media. Uh, you know, and people ask, you know, where do I get started? You know, it's, it's one thing that to, to post every day that I'm doing my daily devotional, quote unquote, look at me, I'm doing my daily devotional with right. this cool cup of coffee. But, but what if you told the people uh, how, what you learned from it? How did God speak to you? And, and maybe you don't have to post that this came from your daily morning devotional, look at me early in the morning, but just say today, God showed me this, you know, and, and be willing to share those things. I, I think if we do that, uh, we'll have thousands of people be quote unquote missionaries for God and really do some of that multiplication that you were talking about. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, where can our listeners uh, learn, uh, follow you and uh, find a little bit more about you? Yeah. Um, I think the best place to connect with me is either Twitter or Instagram. Okay. Uh, on Twitter, it's at George.Holloway. That's H-O-L-L-E-W-A-Y. I spell it different than most people. Um, and then on Twitter, it's the same thing, just without the dot. So those are the probably the best two places to reach me. If you're going to DM me, don't do it on Twitter. I hate Twitter DMs. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, we won't. Everyone DM <laughs> George on Twitter right now. Just kidding. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. This is the kind of stuff we want to talk about. Um, like I said earlier, if you're not already, please join the Third Millennium Church Facebook group where we will uh, not only talk about the content on this podcast, but continue to ask questions about where the church is going and what is the future of church, not just in 2018 and 2019, but 2000. 2000- 28 2029 thanks again 